Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, the show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Happy Sunday! It's a cold Sunday. It's a very cold Sunday. I can't wait to see you all at church anyway. Yep. You're going to be there wearing a jacket with smiles on your face. That's right. And Bibles in hand. Frozen Bibles in your frozen hands. Yeah. Yeah. Or your phone in your hand or tablet or whatever you use for your Bible. With your uh, pocket handheld heater. Yep. I'm going to have mine for sure. I'm going to bring my space heater. I've already decided. I'm sure you will. Thankfully, that gym holds temperature pretty well. Like I, I remember during the summer, I never felt too hot in that gym. And during the winter, I it's been heated pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I might, my, my extremities would argue with that. My fingers do get cold. So it's hard to hold my guitar up there for, cause I, I can feel uh, it. Like I, I have a hard time holding my guitar. Yeah. Not holding it, I guess more than just the fingering that I have to do for the guitar. That's true. You do need to be more my dexterous. Be, yeah. Much more warm than they are. But I otherwise, just, yeah, I just have to swipe. That must be really hard for you. It's super hard. Do you struggle with that? It is, but it's, you know, counting the cost. How do you do it? Man? I just press on. Just press I press on. on. Man, yeah. So inspiring. Yeah. They're probably going to make a movie about that. Probably. Yeah. Chariots <laughs> of fire in the background. Like the dun, 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 swiping dun, on your iPad. I have to like, I have to step up on bravery. stage too, man. I mean, there's like courage. I could trip. You could. Yeah. yeah. Your loafers might give way. And- hey, hey, <laughs> they are driving shoes. I think is the official title of them. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I don't know why. I've driven in them, so I guess I've fulfilled their purpose, but... Maybe it's a golf driver. Like, you're driving with a... Dude, that, that, that? I miss golf. I haven't played golf in forever. If you're out there, men, especially... Let's do it. I mean, men. I'm not going to go golfing with any ladies out there. <laughs> if you're out there, men, and you're, you're a golfer, and you want to golf, hey, call me up. Let's let's go Let's go do some four-hour discipleship on the golf course, because uh, I'd, love to, I'd love to do that. Um, yeah, hey, next Sunday... We want to make sure that you're already making plans to be back with us at 4 p.m. next Sunday because next Sunday is our first ever baptism service as Compass Bible Church North Texas. Man, that's exciting. It is. It's very exciting. Talk about, really quickly, because I know we, we don't typically do this, but talk about the spiritual, the theological significance, rather, of baptism. What it is, why we do it. Right. Yeah. So baptism uh, is not, water baptism is not a necessary step to be saved. In other words, you, you don't have to be water baptized to be saved. Like the thief on the cross. Right. Like the thief on the cross. Uh, it is an act of, of obedience. It is important because it's an outward representation or an outward expression of an inward reality is how it will often be talked about. That inward reality is a different kind of baptism called spirit baptism. That is necessary for salvation, but that takes place at the moment of salvation. It's not a secondary or subsequent blessing that you receive later on. When you are baptized by the spirit, that is the moment that you are saved. To be baptized means to be placed into. So at the moment of salvation, the spirit places us into Christ. We are placed into the righteousness of Christ. We are placed into the hand of God that nothing can snatch us out of. We are immersed, so to speak, in the righteousness of Christ. And so that is the baptism that does save us. It's a spirit baptism. So water baptism is an outward reality or an external reality of that or representation of that inward transformation that takes place. So uh, baptism, I guess, as our sending pastor used to say, does baptism save? Which one, right? Spirit baptism, yes. Water baptism, no. Is water baptism important? Yes. Is it necessary for a believer as an act of obedience? I would even go so far as to say yes, but it does not save you or add anything 
uh, saving to your standing with God. So I was sprinkled as a kid. Do I have to be baptized later as an adult? Yes, you do, because you weren't a believer as a child. There are some that teach that the act of baptism is a is a, a new covenant version of circumcision, that it should be given to children as a sign of the new covenant, as circumcision was given to children as a sign of the, the old covenant, the Mosaic covenant. Uh, that is a, a, a position that was taught by a lot of early church fathers, but it's, it's really uh, not, uh, it's not a, a, biblically, a biblically justifiable position. There's, there's no passage, in other words, that you can turn to in scripture that says, look, here's the, the passage that says this is the new covenant representation of uh, the covenant, just like circumcision was the old, old covenant. So yes, you do need to be baptized as a believer. Probably the most common refrain I've heard about this is, Man, it's pastor. It's really hard. I don't like standing in front of people. I get nervous and shaky. And doesn't God see my heart? And would God really want me to do this if that's going to cause me such consternation? What would you say to that? I would say yes, He does. It's it's part of counting the cost. We've been joking about how cold the weather is going to be. We were we were going back and forth and potentially doing it outside in a portable baptistry, but we're going to do it inside a heated at, portable at baptistry. Frisco First Baptist. It was but, a heated portable. Baptistry. Just to be clear, it heats one degree an hour. I don't think that thing was going to be very heated by the time that we got in. We could have started with hot water. We could have brought our tea kettles. Yeah. Well. Anyways. Anyway, we're joking about the idea of counting the cost, uh, but but really it's not a joke. It, it, it is something that we should be ready to do. Jesus said, anyone who's ashamed of me on this earth, I'm going to be ashamed of him before my father. So uh, this is a moment for you to boast in what Christ has done in your life, not boast in yourself, but to uh, testify to the, the glories of what God has done in your life. And, and that it brings us to what we do with baptism. Sometimes you'll go to churches and the, it's more about what the pastor says than what the, the, the baptismal candidate says. The, the pastor gets into the tank with the person that steps in the tank and is like, hey, such and such got saved at this place in this uh, this day. So are you ready to be baptized? And the person in the tank says yes and then gets dunked. Yeah. What we do is we say, hey, tell us why you're here. Tell us why you're in the tank this morning. And it's an opportunity for them to bear witness to what Christ has done in their life. And so right. um, this is about, this is more than, than about you. This is about God. It's an act of worship, act of obedience. It's also about your church family as an opportunity for them to praise God as well with you. It's also about unbelievers that might be in attendance, hearing your testimony and thinking to themselves, man, I, I'm not saved. I need to get right with God. And it's also about the believer in attendance that's going to be sitting there going, I need to get baptized because I haven't been baptized yet. Right. So right. yes, he wants you to get baptized. Well, helpful information. Hope to see you all there. If you're part of this church, we would not only welcome you, we would strongly encourage you as your pastors, that it is right and good for you to be there. So we would love to see you there next Sunday. Yep, 4 p.m. Frisco First Baptist Church is where we're going to be. That's right. So join us there. Well, hey, let's uh, join Job as he is about to be put in his place by God. This is refreshing. Uh, it is. I've been waiting the whole book for this. It is, yep, yep. Uh, Job 38 and 39, I titled this one God or God's Turn. Rather, I was going to say God speaks, <laughs> but God's turn. Um, so the, the friends are done. Ellie, who's done. Uh, Job is really done uh, for all intents and purposes. Now, now God answers. He's about to be undone. Now. He's about to. There you go. <laughs> and uh, it says here, God answers from the storm. And I mentioned this in yesterday's podcast, but Job 37, three through five, when Ellie, who is talking about God commanding the lightning here, you have God responding in a storm as he speaks. I often, uh, one of my favorite passages and, and we'll get there and this is likely something that took place after what happens with Job, but uh, Exodus chapter 20, Exodus chapter 19, rather, uh, as everybody's gathering around Mount Sinai before God gives the law, uh, it says that that uh, the, that Moses spoke and the Lord answered him in thunder. And so here you have something similar. This is a storm and God is speaking in a thunderous voice from this storm that is, is uh, 
on the scene here. And, and what a terrifying thing. And, and that's what God does here with Job is he, he goes through a, a laundry list of questions and, and puts Job in the box. Can you tell us why that's important though, that he comes in this storm? Because that's a pretty significant detail. Why, why should we pay attention to the fact that he's coming out of the storm? Power, majesty, glory. I mean, I think it's going in, in line with what he's about to do in the rest of these verses. I think it's, it's visually communicating what he's about to communicate verbally to Job. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. Just wanted to bring that up because I think that's an important point. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, immediately it's going to put Job in a, a retreated small posture, and, and he gets there pretty quick. That's but, on purpose. Yeah, he asks in verses four through fifteen of chapter thirty-eight. Hey, Job, are are you are you the creator? Did you make the heavens and the earth? Did you make the sea? Did you make the the morning and the evening? Do you call them into existence? Do you govern verses sixteen through thirty-eight? There, do you govern creation? Have you explored its limits, the depths of the sea? Have you do you know about life after death? Do you know about the edges of the expanse, the edges of the earth, Job, verses 19 through 21. How about light and darkness? Do you know where those are? He, he, I mean, we talked about God being sarcastic. Here you go. Verse 21 is uh, is the sarcasm of God. You know, you were born then. The number of your days is so great, Job. <laughs> God's going, you were there with me, right? And what's ironic, one commentator pointed out uh, in uh, in the Psalms, wisdom is per- personified as, as having been there uh, alongside God or Proverbs, Proverbs, Proverbs 8. eight yeah. yeah. Wisdom is said to have been there with God. And so there's some question as to, is there, are we supposed to make that connection here? Job lacks wisdom and, and God's pointing that out by saying, Job, were you there with me? Whereas wisdom is personifi- personified in Proverbs 8 as having been present there. for yeah. that time. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting thought there. Um, yeah, verses 16 through 38. Do you govern creation? Were you, were you there? Can you control the weather? Talk about weather. We're, we're looking at the weather, do crazy things around here right now, and none of us can control that. Although my kids would love to be able to bring the snow on Monday because they don't want to have to go to school on Tuesday. So if they could, they would, right? Verses 31 through 32. How about the stars? Do you bring out the constellations? Do you beckon them out? And, and that's always been fascinating to me that these constellations were there, that they that they had names at that time, that people were looking Already. at them and, and saying, these stars look like this. Some of them worship them, but that's... Well, the, and that point. was, yeah, that was <laughs> not a problem. That was not a good thing. Do you bring the rain again at the end? Like... It, it, so here it is again. This is God speaking out of a storm to make Job feel small and terrified, and and that's what He's doing with these questions too. Ultimately, what God's trying to do is hum, not humiliate. Although that's going to be part of the product here, He's He's trying to humble these guys. Yeah. It's Job primarily in His sights, but really everybody is is called to take a step back and to acknowledge God as the God of inanimate and animate creation. So you'll notice that in this first chapter, chapter thirty eight, most of His uh, observations are going to be the inanimate creation that he's designed, the waves, the stars, etc. And then at the end of chapter 38, he's going to move over to the animate creation, the lion and the uh, the raven and on and on it goes. So one of the cool things about creation, we just heard someone talk about this recently. It's, it's it, it speaks to God. It speaks about God. It yep. preaches loudly. One of the things I used to love doing with my kids back when we were in California is go to the zoo. We loved going to the zoo and then looking at all the different varieties of creation that God designed and thinking God did this on purpose. This was, I mean, granted, I'm sure there's elements of it that are fallen and broken, but regardless, the giraffe's neck is God's design. The 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 rhinoceros's horn is God's design. The the bird's feathers and foliage and all the beautiful colors and the lack of color in some cases is God's design. So all this should remind us creation's job is in large part not only to be functional for us but to be functional for worship it's meant to point us to the worship of god let creation remind you of that today when you look at the scar uh, the sty <laughs> try this again sty and scars when you look at the sty and scars this morning as you drive to church <laughs> 
and and you see it and you're awed by it, make sure that you direct it where it belongs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how cool is it too to even think about? We've talked about this before, like the Mariana Trench and other things. I mean, we're still discovering new creatures that we've never known existed. New before species. That like are there. Things that don't even make sense. Yeah. And we're like, why is that there? Like 6,000 years of human history have gone by. No, no one knew about that thing. Until now. Until now. Because yet, we have the technology. Yet the 6,000 years that it's been down there procreating and reproducing itself, it's been doing that for the glory of God, even apart from the, the eyes of man. Right. The like, hidden stuff. Yeah, like it's not just for us that it's testifying to the glory of God. It inherently has to testify to the glory of God because God created it. Because it like, is. Because it is. By yeah. its, na- its ontology. By right. nature of its being, it glorifies God. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the stars that that have yet to be discovered, the, the black holes that are out there, testify to the glory of God. Just so, so cool. And so, yeah, humbling. To, he hits the mark with Job. He hits the mark he should with all of us because he could ask us this question for all of us. Humbling and awe-inspiring, yeah. indeed. Yeah, and, 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 and it's hard, right? And we talked about this a little bit recently, but um, just this idea of, okay, so uh, there's the doctrine that God is sovereign, that God is majestic, that God is big. Um, so then do I just grin and bear it and build my bridge and get over it when I'm suffering, when I'm weak, when I'm hurting? Like, is that is that the point? Is that what God's trying to say here? Like, Job, quit your whining. Look at me. I'm, I'm, I, this isn't about you. It's about me and how big I am. I, I mean, on the one hand, yes. I think it's an implication. Yeah. But on the it. other hand. It's not the whole of it. Right. He, he's, he, we've talked about this before. He, God is at the, at all at once transcendent and imminent. And this is his transcendence. This is the reminder to Job that, that God is, is bigger than Job is and has more power and more knowledge than Job will ever possess. But there's the imminence too that we'll see as, as the book ends and we'll look at that tomorrow uh, where he does care still for Job and love Job and we'll see some of that in the, the restoration of Job. One last point here in the end of chapter 38. Notice God says, who provides for the raven its prey when its young ones cry out to God for help? God is intimately and in a detailed way involved in his creation. Jesus says in Matthew 6, uh, the, the grass of the field, who colors, who, who decorates the grass of the field? We would say, well, the sun uh, causes the grass to, to bloom and, and you know when birds drop seeds and this and that. We would argue natural causes all over the place. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it is God behind the natural causes. So God might have mechanisms in place, but God is intimately involved in creation. And that includes your life. Yep. He is. He loves you. And he wants you to keep reading the Bible. So do that and join us again tomorrow as we finish up the book of Job. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.